and welcome to the Friday, July 17th edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. Yes, I had a small break. I didn't give you a top 10 on Wednesday because of some complications, but I am back here and ready to get back on this podcast grind. And of course, today we're going to be doing the Weekend Review Podcast. But yeah, for sure, um, starting next week, we're going to be going back to regularly scheduled programming. Monday, we're going to have the Weekend Review Podcast with a guest. Yes, it's a nice little preview. We're going to have our first guest on the show on Monday, which will be absolutely fantastic. And and we're also going to go back to getting top 10s on Wednesday, where we may have another guest. So keep an eye out on that. But yeah, uh, sorry about the Wednesday, but I'm going to be back on this podcast grind. Um, Everything is okay, which is great. And I'm just excited to get back right onto this. But yeah, before we get right into this episode... I have to do my housekeeping. Please follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. I have some great series going on my Instagram, so please check that out. If you're listening to this podcast on, on Podbean, please remember to follow, like, share, and follow, like, and share. That would be very much appreciated. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, remember to please subscribe. We have a five-star review and share with your friends as well. And remember, we are also on Anchor. And Spotify as well. So if you're looking for that, all the links are in um, my bio here, my bio on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's all there. I have a link tree and everything. You you can see all my links there. And yeah, I'm probably be starting a YouTube channel next week, which is uh, pretty exciting for me. So be on the lookout for that as well. So yeah, there's a lot of things going on with the podcast soon. And you know what? I'm excited to see where this, um, where this takes us. But, you know, I'm enjoying it. Just like recording these podcasts and stuff right now. And I'm going to thank you guys for all the support that you've been giving this podcast. So, yeah, that's great. And, you know, yeah, that's about it. We're going to get right into this podcast. Now, the first topic I want to discuss is Rajon Rondo. Yes, um, he got injured in the bubble already. And he's going to be missing six to eight weeks um, because of thumb surgery. And... Yeah, this is this is the first injury. Um, this is gonna be the first of two injuries we're gonna be talking about in this podcast. With Rajon Rondo missing six to eight weeks, um, the Lakers miss their second best playmaker. There is no question about that. LeBron James is their best playmaker. He is their best player. But Rajon Rondo, although you know a lot of people would like to say that he hasn't had the best year and all that, or he's just he just is not as good anymore. He is their second best playmaker and. Maybe he hasn't played well this um, this past regular season, but you know he's still a valuable piece of them because of his veteran presence, because of all his playoff experiences that he had throughout his career. He is still a valuable piece of them, and it's gonna it's unfortunate that he's gonna miss six to eight weeks. And you know the thing about Rondo and uh, missing the six to eight weeks, like this could like extend like all the way to like the second round, depending on how quick this, this first round goes and if if you're a Basel fan you know that playoff Rondo is a real thing just ask the Pelicans when they took down the Trailblazers a couple years ago with Rondo on their side he that like he was a big part of that um and you know like Rondo has performed great for them like in playoff situations for like Boston and stuff like that so you know when the, the when the the spotlight is the brightest when Everything is all on the line. Rondo comes up big, and he would, and he will, you know, he's he'll have a he's a nice, a nice, valuable piece in the playoff 
atmosphere. It sucks that he's gonna miss six to eight weeks. You know, but you know, if you look on the positive side of things, you know, like the what the Lakers can do here is like they don't have to like use a set lineup that they're using all the time. You can be a bit more creative. Like and, you know, just like if you wanna like, look at creative rosters, just look at the way like Nick Nurse handles the Toronto Raptors and like he's not afraid to like mix and match things and like figure out like what works at that time and place. And I think with the Rondo injury, like, because you don't know who your really second-best playmaker is, you could think maybe Anthony Davis, um, maybe even Alex Caruso. Like, you you don't know, and, and this is the good thing about mixing and matching here. And speaking of Alex Caruso, like, this is the guy that's been getting a lot of buzz as the guy who's going to be getting a lot more, uh, getting a bigger role due to the Rondo injury. And all I have to say about Alex Caruso is, like, you know, he may be a meme, but... He is a damn good role player for this team. Like this guy p- has the swagger. This guy has the charisma. This guy plays hard on both ends of the floor, and you know he he doesn't like need the ball to do it, but he can like he he can play that kind of pseudo point guard role, role, and you know he can like handle the ball at times. He's an okay shooter. He is he is pretty athletic if you watch him play, and I think that i think that the lakers like firstly he's a fan favorite and the funds are just gonna love seeing more of alex Caruso on the court but i think that this guy can actually go to have like a pretty decent nba career if you know especially with the lakers you know him growing growing with the team like i think he can actually be a pretty valuable piece going forward and with ronald being out he can like kind of go into that second playmaker role if they you know give him the reins to do so and i think that they're kind of like they kind of have to with avery bradley being out as well um, and now Rondo, it's kind of, it's going to be kind of tough to, um, let LeBron do everything. And I think like his, because of this injury, his, you know, like his, his ball handling responsibilities is even going to heighten, which I didn't think was possible. But yeah, you know, give Alex Caruso some time on the ball and stuff like that. I think it'll work out. I mean, Alex Caruso, like I said, is a great role player and I think he can adapt to these situations and stuff like that. So yeah, give Alex Caruso more minutes. Hope this can give a bit. A more leeway for like lineup rotation stuff like that so although they do are missing rondo which i think is like the bigger story here i think it's gonna they're gonna miss rondo more but you know at least they can have a bit more freedom with their lineup situations next topic i'm going to discuss is a few more players getting um covid night i'm contracting the covid 19 virus the first one being russell westbrook of the houston rockets and the second one being Michael Beasley of the Brooklyn Nets. Well, there were reports beforehand that, you know, Russell Westbrook didn't arrive in the bubble along with Harden. He's not going to arrive at the bubble along with Harden on a later date. But a few days later, that report, of, a few days later after that report, Westbrook confer- confirmed on social media that his situation, that he contracted the virus and that he will be arriving at the bubble Later on, this has nothing. Um, this is not going to detract him from going to the bubble and all that. And there are also rumors about Harden getting COVID, but he those were completely squashed after he arrived at the bubble just a couple days ago. So, at least that's a good thing. At least, I think this. I think this sucks for the Rockets because Russell Westbrook is even though TJ Tucker is playing your center, like Russell Westbrook, even though he is a point guard, is getting a lot of the center roles in in terms of like rebounding and stuff and. You know, this roster's already missed, like, already, like, weird as it is. And losing, like, one of your top players, like, this, it's just because of, like, practice time and stuff like that. I think, like, they're going to need some time to 
um, get back into the groove and missing one of your best players to try and like work out the system is is not ideal. And this means you know less practice, you know, and it's a, I think it's gonna just lead to once you get into the season, it's just gonna take less time. It's gonna take more time for the Rockets to kind of gel and. With eight games only in the regular season, like they don't have really much time, and they already have doubts of them like, going into the playoffs. Like, sure, they're gonna maybe shoot some teams at, like out of the gym, but they also could shoot themselves out the game. Like, th- this is like such like a weird, um, an interesting lineup that we're gonna be watching on the court, and we we've seen a bit of it like over the, the last month or two before the quarantine started, but. When it comes to playoff time, everyone has been waiting to see like what is gonna happen with this team come playoff time, and with like less practice time, with Westbrook gonna be li- arriving there late, it's gonna like it's just like like I said, less time to like kind of gel, and you know hopefully Westbrook gets better, but you know I'm I'm still very doubtful on this Houston Rockets team like and the situation going to the playoffs. Some I've seen some people on Twitter. And on social media, basically saying that the Rockets are kind of a dark horse playoff team, but when you have to go in the playoffs, like if you just look at the top teams, like they don't have anyone to guard a Anthony Davis. They don't have anyone to um, match up with like a Giannis if they do make it to the finals. Just even some of the like the big men in the e- in the West, like just look at a um, Nikola Jokic for an example, and stuff like that. Like it's it's gonna be tough for the Houston Rockets, and you know. The Westbrook um, contracting COVID coming in late does not do them any favors. And then we're going to talk about Michael Beasley. And, oh my gosh. Um, if you if you guys didn't listen to my last podcast, he got signed by the, um, by the Brooklyn Nets because the Brooklyn Nets are absolutely depleted. Like I said, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan, um, Spencer Dinwiddie, Torian Prince, Kevin Durant. You know, a bunch of their players contracted the virus and they just needed some roster spaces so you know they they bring in Jamal Crawford and then they bring in Michael Beasley and then Michael Beasley contracts the virus and you know this is this is I just think this is just extremely unlucky for the um, for the for the Brooklyn Nets and for himself because you know Beasley got suspended like when he was with the Lakers a few years ago gets traded to the Clippers, gets released, so he doesn't even, like, get a chance to play out a suspension, which I believe is, like, five games or so. I think it's, like, five games. But then he got signed by the Brooklyn Nets, which is, you know, maybe he like, does his chance back into the league, gets COVID, and now his contract situation is, you know, up in the air. Like, this is just an unfortunate situation for him. And then talking about the Nets, like, you know, they like I said, they lost half their roster. And even, like, even like when they side players here, and they are still getting the virus. Like it's just absolutely like unlucky for both sides, and it just sucks. I mean, I already talked about my last podcast. Like this is just um, this Brooklyn Nets team. I mean, it was already going to be hard, even if they had a full roster. I mean, Katie probably wasn't going to play at all, really. But see if they just had like their roster bar Katie. Like it was going to be already hard against the Toronto Raptors, Celtics, or Bucks, whoever they were going to face. And now with this roster, like. Yeah, this is just this is just not gonna end well for the Brooklyn Nets, and you know, like the first one's probably gonna be a wash for the for the seventh and eighth seeded teams, but you know, it's, like it's, but you know, it's just gonna get more entertaining as the playoffs go along. But sadly for the Brooklyn Nets, another player gets COVID for them. We move on to the next topic, and 
contradict um, contradictory to my I believe it was the last Friday podcast where I said that Victor Oladipo announced that he wasn't going to play. Well, we'll have to see about that because um, the Victor Oladipo, like I said, he was still going to go into the bubble. He was still going to support his teammates, which it's kind of like I like I didn't really talk about it in my podcast last week, but I just felt like when I read about it, I was like, hmm, interesting. I didn't even think that that was really like a thing, but you know. Victor Oladipo's in the bubble. He was doing some scrimmages with the team, and you know he was like, according to like Pacers officials and like um, just like widespread news around the league, like there is hope that Victor Oladipo is going to play in the season, and and that's going to be a huge plus for the um, Indiana Pacers because another like they don't have many shot creators on that team with Jeremy Lamb um, getting injured last February, like you know tearing his ACL in meniscus. They just need a bunch of help, like especially scoring on the perimeter as possible, because a lot of their talent. I mean, T.J. Warren is going to be has been pretty good this season, like on a wing, but just need a ball handler, and they don't really have much of that. I mean, they think they have Aaron Holiday, they have Malcolm Brogdon. Actually, yeah, no, Brogdon's going to be fine, but um, you know, like they just going to need like some more help, like especially defensively on the perimeter, and Victor Oladipo could give them that. Like I said, even if he's not 100 percent. He'll give them a little something because, like, most of their star talent does come from their front court with um, Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis. And, you know, if he is able to come back, I mean, he is there. So if he could come back, that would be absolutely great. And, yeah, you know, that's, um, like I said, I hope like to see Oladipo back on the court. He is a very entertaining player. And that would just make a pace just a lot more interesting. And we'll put the East on notice for sure. So, hopefully Old Depot comes back, and hopefully, like, you know, he doesn't really like, injure himself again. But, Pacer fans, it's, it's looking good. It's definitely looking good. The next topic I'm going to be discussing is about the anonymous hotline uh, being used multiple times already in the bubble. And if you guys don't know what the anonymous hotline is, is it's usually it's a hotline that <laughs> it's, it's anonymous. But, it's basically, you don't have to give your name or anything, but you could tell, like, League officials and stuff like that, that someone's either bringing quarantine, stuff like that, you know, crossing the boundaries and stuff. And a lot of, like, players that are bashing those who have called in the hotline, you know, some being Dwight Howard, who was snitched on directly. Like, he was, like, one player who, like, was going to cross the line, but then he got snitched on directly. And now he think he has to quarantine for another 7 to 10 days, which is unfortunate. And a lot of, you know, many foreign former current former NBA players, you know, warn players. They just, just tell them, like, not to snitch and stuff like that. And, like, my thoughts on this are just, like, you know, the NBA has created this very intricate, very detailed bubble plan. And a lot of people are putting, like, are risking, the, like, risking um, themselves, you know. They're not seeing their families. They're being, like, in this bubble for the next two months, some of them. And... It's, like, a lot of, like, risk is going on here. And they're doing this because, you know, they're still a business. They still need to um, find ways to, like, gain profits and all that. Like, they lost a bunch of money just, like, by missing, like, a huge chunk of the season. Like, they've created this intricate plan. And I think it's not hard for these players to, you know, just abide by these rules. I mean, they want their bread. A lot of these players are doing it so they can get their bread. Just continue the season on. And... You know, the reason that there's so many precautions because, you know, 
If one case comes to the bubble, it can lead to an outbreak, which could shut down the season permanently. It's not going to be like another, oh, let's wait a couple months over that. They need to do this. They, it's either this is like do or die at this point. If this starts an outbreak and they have to shut down the season, they, like it's, it's kind of over for this season, at least for the NBA. And, you know, the hotline is needed. If people, like, want their money and everything, accountability needs to be held. Um, Rashawn Holmes and Bruno Caboclo already have been caught um, crossing the boundaries of the bubble accidentally. I mean, Rashawn Holmes, I think, was getting, like, Uber Eats or something. And Caboclo just didn't even know that there was a line, which is um, pretty funny. Just two years away from being two years away. You know, stuff like this, you know, like, just an accidental, like, even accidental could, like, lead to an outbreak in, the, in this bubble. And the thing is, you know, much of the U.S. are going back under lockdown. Like, I have a friend who told me that the, um, and, like, in Texas, that they're, like, shutting down again. And the NBA is being confined to this bubble while everyone else is kind of, you know, going back and shutdown. Like, they have to contain themselves pretty heavily in this bubble to prevent, like, outbreaks like this happening. And, you know, like... Most of the U.S. is, like I said, is going back under lockdown, and the NBA needs to see you live, and a strict measure needs to be put in place, basically. So, yeah, you know, just, you know, snitching, you know, is, is just not, like, a, is very looked down upon, but I guess, like, in this situation where, you know, the bag is on the line, the, just, like, the whole NBA season's on the line, like, we just, like, as fans as well, like, do we not want to see, like, this finish, the season finish playing out? Do we not want to see, like, all, like, the top star players just, like, playing um top tier basketball for entertainment you know like if they if and these guys like want to get paid to help support their family so you know just following this measure like these um bubble rules please do it NBA players like this is just like for like sake of the league and everything please just do it and if the hotline needs to be used it needs to be used you know, speaking of hotlines, uh, Jimmy Butler was called on for dribbling in his room, you know. I just find that funny because there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of history about Jimmy Butler be- being hard on his teammates, always being the first one in the gym and stuff. This guy's freaking training in his hotel room. Don't hate on the guy. He's not breaking any measures, but poor guy underneath him who has to hear all that dribbling and stuff happen. Now, the next topic I'm going to be discussing is another injury that's happened in the bubble. Um, the Aaron Fox in practice sprained his ankle and will be reevaluated in seven to ten days. Mind you, this is a reevaluation, not a recovery timeline. And I think this gave me a good chance just to talk about the Kings in this situation because with with like all these like teams coming to the bubble, you kind of forget that the Kings are there as well. Like they are, they sit in eleventh place right now in the West, and a few games behind back in the eight seed. They're kind of like in that mix, but. You know, they have a small chance. Like, if you look at, like, the teams in front of them, like, the who are fighting for that 8th spot, the Trailblazers, Pelicans, and the Grizzlies, most notably, I think they're all, like, more formidable, uh, more, like, a more formidable teams than the Sacramento Kings. I think they're, like, more talented, more cohesive, stuff like that. And I just give the Kings a very, very small to little to no chance of making the playoffs. But if Fox isn't even there, like like I said, this is not recovery. This is a reevaluation. And if Fox isn't part of the team, they have no chance at all. They have literally have no chance. Like, I think they had a very inconsistent season, and the only reason that they've even like in this situation is because the last two like over the last two months, like I believe like February, like January to March, they've had like an okay run. 
not a great run, but an okay run just to keep them alive. Keep them, like, like I said, able to bring them into this bubble. But like I said, the teams ahead of them are, like, more talented, more cohesive than this team. And with these injuries happening with the Kings, like, especially, like, their best player in the year in Fox, it's giving them that, um, like, without the star player, they have no chance. They have absolutely no chance. So, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with them. But with this injury, it's just, it's just kind of like a little blow, um, a little setback for the Kings and... I mean, a lot of people didn't really have to make the playoffs anyway, but if this is going to affect them, it's it, they have no chance. Sorry, Kings fans. Yeah, that is all the NBA topics for today. Like I said, we're going to be going to um, one um, non-NBA topic in each of these um, review podcasts and stuff like that. And today, we're not even going to be going into another like sports world or anything. We're going to be going to ESPN and... It, there was like out of nowhere, like I wasn't expecting this coming. I don't think a lot of Twitter was expecting this to happen, but there was a report yesterday that a ESPN an unidentified ESPN employee um, was caught was caught recording the jump host Rachel Nichols in her very hotel room. Now, to preface, this is not the type of recording video that a lot of the you know fourteen year old boys on Twitter are thinking. It's not that type of video. I don't have to explain myself further. I think you know what my intention is here. It's not that type of video. Um, apparently, the the anonymous source from ESPN tried sending this to Deadspin, um, sent this to Deadspin in an attempt to sabotage her reputation within the within the ESPN company and also with the public. Um, Deadspin did not post the thirty minute conversation that um, Nichols had with whoever she had with the, on the other line. And the the anonymous source said that this was meant to show her as a backstabber, and and this was to expose her. But that's been said in their article that there was nothing of that sort seen from this private video. Like I said, not that type of private video, but yeah, this is um this like took over Twitter for a bit. And honestly, I did not see this coming. I was not expecting this to have a news today. ESPN has been in the news a lot this past week. With the whole like free Woj um, hashtag and now this like Rachel Nichols situation, it's been like a whole like messy week for the for ESPN. And the thing is, this is not the first time something like this has happened with a high-profile ESPN female employee. And and we can go back to 2008 where um, a stalker Michael Michael Barrett was caught recording Erin um, Andrews. Um, I believe she's like one of the um, satellite reporters for in the NFL who was caught like undressing and Barrett was arrested like a year after the incident. And, you know, back to the Rangers and Nichols situation, like this type of act is just unacceptable, unprofessional, and honestly, absolutely petty. Like, look, this is like an absolute disgusting act from that ESPN employee. Like, there are just so many ways you can handle this. And... I mean, this guy, like, by the looks of things, like, has, like, a very, like, a big hatred for Nick, Rachel Nichols, like, to, like, go to that point where he had to record her to kind of, like, expose her or whatever. Like, that, like, that takes a, like, a lot of, like, built-up anger towards a person. And this guy, like, really wants to get a con yeah, even though, one, this is an invasion of privacy. And two, like, with, like, recording in her, um, room and all that, like, this, that could, like, lead to like 
a lot of speculation and a lot of like controversy, especially like like I said, I mean this is not that type of private video, but it could definitely be like seen as that, and you know, there, there, like I said, there's a lot of like reasons this is, um, like this could have done like a whole lot better. You could have spoke to your employers, you could have spoken to the higher ups, you could have, you could have, just talked to her directly, like just anything, honestly. But this, like this is, this is like some things you would find like in a movie or a TV show, like. Like spying and stuff like that, like, like you, this will give you like a, a bad reputation, and I'd be surprised if ESPN kept its employee on board, like, honestly, and you know, like this is like a clear, it's a clear way to sabotage your career, and I don't think at, at any point it should really get to that, like, I mean, even if say if you do like hate someone stuff like that, but like, I don't think like it really should get to a point where you really want to like ruin everything about her and stuff like that and like I try to expose her and all that like that's just like just like I said very unprofessional extremely petty and again it's giving another bad look for ESPN who already had to deal with the whole Woj situation which again I support Woj hashtag free Woj and all that but you know this is just giving another bad look for ESPN and you know whatever she or may not do like we don't know like Rachel Nichols as a person. We can only see her as a personality on um, the Jump and like other ESPN shows. But whether she, um, what like whatever she does, maybe like whether the person's right, maybe she is like that. But we just don't know, and we don't have to know. Like we don't want to like make those assumptions about a person and and stuff like that. Like we just like we may never know if he she is that type of person. But going through these lines to prove. Like your point, you're trying to just prove yourself that you're right in a situation. It's just, it's just wrong, and it's just like ridiculous and crazy. What that is, what that is, and you know, hopefully, you know, the punish like the punishments will be put out like that, and like the rightful punishments will be put out and stuff like that. And also, you know, Nick Rachel Nichols has not responded to the situation yet. Apparently, Deadspin has reached out to her, and once the response comes back, um, they will be releasing it. And like I said, I just was. This is just like a story that came out of nowhere yesterday, and you know, ESPN is usually the ones releasing the news, and now they're the ones like all over the news. So, very weird week for ESPN. And you know, hopefully, like Rachel Nichols is like okay, um, can get can move past this. Um, hopefully, this doesn't turn into a whole messy situation, and hopefully that you know, anonymous ESPN employee is dealt with because that is just absolutely ridiculous. Like that something like this could happen. And this is the and this is where we're gonna end today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Remember to follow all my social media platforms at TV on Basketball. Remember to follow um, to um, support the podcast through you know Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and um, Spotify and Anchor. And remember that next week, you know, start of the YouTube channel. I'm very excited for that. And yeah, lots of great podcasts coming. Um, up over these next few weeks the NBA season is inching closer and closer and these podcasts are going to get a lot more entertaining especially when we're talking about the games and all that let's just hope the NBA season does continue and hopefully we can like finish this out so yeah NBA season is coming soon I'm excited to get right back into like talking about the games and stuff but this is where we're going to end today's episode thank you guys for listening I hope you all have a fantastic day peace out y'all